Hi there, Terry again with another episode of the Animation Industry Podcast. Now, there's a short animation out there called The Funny Fish Finger Friends Fall in the Pond, and it's really just this silly story about an apple who's friends with a frog, and all they do is they just literally fall in a pond, and that's it. But the style is so unique, and it's this like cool cutout-looking animation mixed with live puppets, and the dialogue is so hilarious that I can still quote every line from it, even though I've seen it over a decade ago when I first saw it. Um, and now that animation isn't super well known, but the style is so unique that the animator who made it has had some really cool opportunities to work on some pretty big project projects. And we'll get into a bit of those in the chat. And his name is Davey Ferguson, and he is a freelance Glasgow-based animator who specializes in silly animations uh, for artwork, TV, games, and online content. And his recent credits include you might have seen it, the water park prank guest episode of Adventure Time, which was only one of nine guest episodes out of the show. And I think there are about 300 episodes overall. He's also made the PS4 PC game Loot Scandals. And he uploads his personal work under the name SWAT Paz and currently has 1.7 million views on YouTube. So Davey, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really happy that you responded when I reached out to you. It was, it was kind of a random thing I thought to do because I followed your work for so long. So I'm happy you're chatting. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Apart from um, the edict, I told you it's <laughs> um, affected my balance slightly, but apart from that, good, yeah. All right, well, just tilt your laptop to adjust your, <laughs> your balance, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm so excited to chat. And, and one thing I just want to understand a little bit more about is how did you get into this in the first place? Like, your stuff is so unique. You didn't have, like, the traditional animation uh, school path or career path or anything mm -hmm. so like what got you interested in trying this out in the first place I mean I was always interested in cartoons and animation um, but never thought it would be a kind of viable career path and I'm still not sure that it is but at the time I, um, I was studying um, engineering it was like a product design engineering course um, and I was getting to the end of that and um, realizing I was spending more time on the animations and then and any of the engineering stuff so um looked around and I seen there was a, a course um, in the Glasgow School of Art um, in 2D, 3D motion graphics, I think it was called. So managed to end my other degree early and then go straight to that instead. And that set me on, on the animation path. So you, you were going to be an engineer and then you just happened to be exposed to like 3D Studio Max, I think. And then... Yeah. And then you completely like 180 degree changed up what you were doing from there. Yeah, well, it was going to be it was product design engineering, so there would have been some design and some visual stuff in it. Um, but then I was I was using the the 3D packages we used for engineering didn't let you do any of the fun stuff that like TV Studio Max did, so you couldn't you couldn't make things dance. It was just more about setting bevels and chamfers and f fluid levels. Um, so then that's when I started looking into the more fun packages and decided they uh, I think I'd rather do this. So how did you go from wanting to make like packaging dance to actually developing a freelance career out of this? Because you, like you don't just like open 3D Studio Max and then all of a sudden you have client work. No, well, I didn't. At first, I was um, my first animation job was a junior animator on a little series um, called Naughty. Do you know, you know Naughty on Canada? Naughty, yeah, the, the whole Naughty series. Yep, so it was a series of, um, it was, there was an existing series and then they were doing extra little five minute episodes to go after the existing series where they would pick a word from the episode and then Noddy would translate it into a different language and there would be skit based on that. 
so my first job was just doing just a 3D animator on. So all the, the rigs and the models were already created. I was just getting the, the puppet, basically, and getting to animate that. Oh my, oh, my gosh. I remember seeing Naughty on, like, TVO, which is a Canadian television station here. Um, how did Well, how did you even get your role at Naughty? So you just applied as a junior animator because you, you had fun animating? Yeah, did well, I did, the, I, did the, I did the 2D, 3D um, course thing. And the second, the first year of that was just learning all about, um, I think it was Lightwave at the time and different uh, a compositing package called Shake and general animation stuff. And then the second year was you spent the whole year, or whatever it was, eight months on a, on one piece. So by the end of that, I had this piece. It was mostly 2D. It was a little bit of 3D, mostly 2D. And so I was sending that out to different the, the few Glasgow and other Scottish-based companies and managed to get a job based on that. Nice. So um, how long were you there before you kind of broke off to do your own thing? I think that may have been a six-month contract. Um, and then there's another. there was another local company called Axis um, where I got an internship there. They were in the same building. An internship there and um, the, we, we got, got to pitch on a job for the BBC on a, a kid's website and um, I was, there was no one really else doing 2D in the, in the building at the time so I got to kind of handle that and do all the 2D artwork for that and that kind of set me on a path of doing all the little um, small kind of 2D jobs that they got in because they did mostly 3D high-end um, like game trailers and cutscenes and that kind of thing. Nice. So any little job, any little silly jobs, 2D jobs, I got to do them. Nice. So um, you've also been on YouTube for, I think, like 12 years now. And that's actually how Adventure Time found you. And you ended up animating an entire episode uh, for them. So what have you, was the plan always to kind of showcase your personal work on YouTube uh, and try to get freelance clients? Or is this purely an outlet that you're just like, want to do my own stuff? Yeah, it was just, it was an accident because Obviously, I was working doing commercial work, and I was I was happy that I had an animation job. Um, and then in between commercial work, I was working on my own little bits and pieces. And then I hoped that one day they would kind of collide, and I'd get to do my own work for money. Um, it took a while, but yeah, that's I found myself there. Um, after nice. what fourteen years, so <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how, well, how exactly did Adventure Time find you then? In that case. I think I must have I posted something on YouTube and because I did mostly Flash in those days, um, it got posted on, it got shared on a site called Cold Heart Flash by Aaron Simpson, I think it ran at the time. And then I'm not sure if Pendleton Ward seen it on there and then suggested it to someone on Cartoon Brew and then it was on there. So I think it, most of the interest um, came from that. So it's kind of random. Pendleton Ward just yeah. saw it on a random site and was like, hey, yeah. let's let's contact this guy. So yeah like what how did they contact you did they send you an email did they get your number yeah, it, was, it was completely out of the blue because it was a few years um later and by this time um pendleton Ward wasn't running this show it was um adam Mutter was running it and he just sent me an email out of the blue saying would i be interested in doing at the time it was going to be a um a short web-based episode where it would be um i think the picture was to do a, a bootleg episode completely in my own style um i'd probably do all the voices and it would just be a separate thing from the main series, which sounded great. It sounded um, amazing. Um, so I set about um, working out the storyboard and stuff, and um, this first five-minute shot. But then after I submitted it, um, I got the news back that they weren't going to do any more any web series or anything like that. 
Um, but I'll leave it with them and they'll see what they could do. And then within a couple of weeks, they said, yeah, we've, we've managed to push it forward as a full episode. If you can generate another seven minutes or whatever it is to, to make up the full episode. Um, so it was amazing that I managed to kind of sneak into a full episode that 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 route. I don't think they would ever have asked me, right, do you want to make a full episode? So so you, so you, they were just like, hey, can you make a short five-minute web series? And you wrote the whole thing yourself, just kind of in the Adventure Time universe, and you were going to voice it and everything? Yep. Yeah, so like I Finn's voice sure was voice. I think so. I think it was just going to be like, and it was it would, it would have been fine if it would have looked knockoff because it wasn't going to be on the telly. It was just going to be on YouTube or whatever it was going to be on, and the, everyone would have been in on the joke as in this is not a real episode. This, is, do you know what I mean? Um, ah. Do you yeah. are you disappointed that you couldn't do all that, or are you like? extra excited it actually got turned into a full episode yeah and no, i think i think it's better to get full episodes isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah so oh, so what was that whole experience like because they were just like hey we need another seven minutes you had to go and just write more like did you work with a storyboarder there or did you work with one of the writers no i, I was i mean i was getting notes and stuff but i didn't i didn't um i wasn't in collaboration with anyone so i think i just um if you've seen the episode, um, the second half of it's set in a um, like a kind of chemical plant that um, these monkey people are using as a um, a water park. And at the start, that was that was the original idea. Uh, um, so then I just had to come up with a way of getting the characters to the water park, but also and that because it was me doing all the animation, mostly what I'm trying to work out when I'm coming up with a new animation is how to move the characters as little as possible. <laughs> To kind of minimise the amount of work, especially if it has to be for seven minutes. So I had to try and come up with a way of getting them to the water park, but also keeping them static for a while. So that's why Finn gets stuck in the little swamp of the um, with the little slug head things. So you had to animate the entire thing by yourself, then. Yeah. <laughs> So what? So what exactly were you working on the crew of Adventure Time with? Were they were they developing some kind of feedback loop or like the voice actors, stuff like that? Like what was that? What was that whole experience like? I think I would at each stage I would have to submit something and then they would give me notes and then I'd go back. I think the like one note was originally um, I think um, to keep Finn static he was scared stiff by some sort of skeleton head thing, and then the note was that he's encountered skeleton loads of times. He's he's not afraid of skeletons. So that's why it changed to these little sad, um, lumpy head things instead. So I think, but I think that's what kind of the major note I got. There. I don't think there was much else. And then um, after that, they got uh, all the real people to do all the real voices. And I got to sit here and listen in at that, like two in the morning, my time, just with the phone pressed against me because I could hardly hear it and get got to hear them all having to read my um, daft lines. Oh my gosh. That sounds like quite the process. So you were working on it full time at the time. Like, how long did it take you to produce that whole episode? Well, I think it was something like six or seven months. I think full time. Oh wow, gosh, it's quite the project. Um, so what? How? Like, what came out of that? I guess. Like, what is? What was that whole experience summed up for you? Now, does that gotten you more client work or something else? I think so. I mean, I think, I think. Um, a lot of the work I've had since has been people that I was working with before Adventure Time, like a lot of the game work I've been doing, but it's definitely um, more of um, 
talent people have got in touch about jobs i think have maybe a bit, a bit more exposed to people nice i mean so, no, no one's asked me to do another 11 minute episode of Ethan, but <laughs> yeah. um so you you're a freelancer and you've kind of developed uh this ability to produce an entire show from start to finish including the voice acting the animation like everything the sound effects etc the music um and you just you just finished up creating a 14 episode show with with Mondo. Um, yeah. So can you can you talk about how you got that uh, going in the first place? Yeah, well, I mean, um, Aaron Simpson, who I told you about, who the, had the Cold Hard Flash um, website. I think because um, he works at Mondo, and he, um, I think they just put out a. a, a a brief of see if Steve anyone had any ideas to pitch a show to YouTube. I think it was at the time. This is like seven or eight years ago, and um, so I submitted an idea for a pilot, this little turbo fantasy episode of this um, kind of crap superhero, and they liked it. So they commissioned another. I can't remember. It was ten at the time, but then we got to like episode six and realised there weren't enough views <laughs> to continue. So it was just it was ended there. And then again, out of the blue, years later, um, um, got an email from Mondo saying we'd like to um, start it back up again, but try and make it more. Like the, originally, the joke was that everything was bad about it. Like the, the superhero was bad, the voice acting was bad, the artwork was bad. Um, so this time, could we try and make it a little bit better so it looked more like a real thing? And um, yeah, so it's been amazing. The last couple of years, I've been working on 14, five ish minute episodes. <laughs> that's kind of some harsh criticism to say everything was bad can you make it can you make everything better <laughs> well that was it was it was deliberate <laughs> so. i know um so how so i want to get back to the mondo episodes a little bit more but how have you gotten your clients to enable yourself to work steadily over the years um like so if i want to become a freelancer like what is your advice to to get stable client work I don't know if I've got a, a clear plan for them. It's been mostly luck. I think it's just been, I was lucky that um, people, the right people seen it at the right time on YouTube all those years ago. Um, and just keep keep generating work and putting it online and hopefully the right people will see it. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend, I mean, because I've, I've been working kind of steadily, but I've not, I've been having periods of seven months without work and stuff. So it's not been ideal. And I've, oh, not wow. been, I've not been working enough that I've kind of secured my future, um, but I'm nearly 40 and <laughs> do I mean, there's no there's no savings, there's no pension and anything yet. Gotcha. So I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend anyone follow them. Uh, um, blind luck. Um, so <laughs> blind luck. So when you're you're out of work for seven months, are you trying to hustle to get a new client work or are you just developing your own stuff to to get noticed? Well, what? It was a weird seven months because I was waiting to hear back about two different things. One of them was Turbo Fantasy and one of them was another thing that didn't go anywhere. So I wasn't, and it, it, either of them could have started at any point. So I wasn't looking for work because I was expecting them to start. Um, but I think if it happened again, yeah, I'd be like just going around all the people you've worked with before, seeing if there's anything you want to do, like anything like storyboarding or concepts or anything. Not really like trying to pitch a full show because there's not much chance of them anyone just out of the blue going yep i'd love to um, do another 14 episodes or whatever just 
I would just approach people and see if they've got anything they would like to to help with. Gotcha. So now that you're working on Turbo Fantasy, or you just finished up working on them, um, what was your day-to-day like? Like you're doing absolutely everything from writing to animating, everything in between, and you have some kind of deadline where you just have to submit them all at once. So how did you manage that? What was your day-to-day like actually when you're working on that? I didn't have to submit them um, all at once. They were one at a time, and they'd, the producer had set me kind of clear goalposts to make. And um, the producer was um, April Pacer, and um, she was giving me a lot of help all the way through. So it wasn't, I wasn't completely on my own. Into it. Like, it wasn't like they said, do 14 episodes and get back to us within two years. I mean, I was in constant communication back and forth. But, um, yes, yeah, so I would do... There was a big writing month at the start. And then per episode, I think it was like a week of animatic and then two weeks of animation and then the final week of background, sound mix and any fixes that need done. So it was like 20 days for per episode after the writing had all been completed. Nice. And and how how did you come up with the ideas for each episode? Like if you only have 20 days kind of scheduled to make an episode and then as soon as you're done you start the next the next episode that doesn't give a lot of time for like development i guess for each episode or really no. reflection on what happened no but with all, all the the writing was done like almost two years ago now so we did a a solid block, block of my, um, writing and sto- uh, storyboards were done at that time as well gotcha. so it wasn't there wasn't like i had to come up with a whole new idea by this by like finish on the friday and then have a new idea by the monday that had all been sorted but there was still room for like at the animatic stage you, you make the animatic and you realize actually it's seven minutes long or whatever and i have to chop all this down or it's not very funny or it needs something silly at the end so there was there was still room for kind of creative choices but i didn't gotcha. i wasn't i didn't have to start fresh um, just just for people who haven't heard of Turbo Fantasy, and by the way, you should jo- go check it out. I'll I'll include the link to uh, his YouTube channel in the description. But how would you describe Turbo Fantasy to somebody who's not heard of it before? Because it's it's very different from anything I've ever really seen on YouTube or, or likewise. <laughs> um, it's a strange one because it's. I mean, people have done parodies of superheroes before, but it's a he's a, a superhero that's not very good. At his job, but sort of set in a kind of 60s style limited animation with a kind of limited sensibility um, with um, sci fi and slapstick elements in it. So, <laughs> but like, what's the what's the plot, or like, uh, you know, like what, what are the episodes about? Well, most of them are set again for most episodes, I'm trying to keep them grounded in one place. So I don't have to do more than like three backgrounds maximum and don't include new characters or maybe one character maximum per episode. So it's all set around this um, sports centre that, that in another dimension that they've blasted off into. And so the the main guy, Turbo Fantasy, is a, um, a sports centre, or he was a sports centre um, duty manager, who's decided that um, yeah, he wants to be a superhero now. And then there was just each episode we kind of centre around a kind of petty squabble between the the members of the team rather than actually solve like dealing with crime or disasters or anything like that right so it's like a superhero who just ends up solving arguments with his own team versus like actually doing anything um so so for me for instance i'm in animation school right now and like we really study how to 
create character designs and paint backgrounds and we do life drawing and storyboarding and learning digital tools and all that stuff so with you not having that super traditional animation studies uh how did you end up kind of learning how to do all these things like making a consistent look and feel for the universe and the character designs and rigging and all this stuff i think that kind of thing just comes with time i mean you can't i don't think you can sit say like i'm going to spend a month trying to come up with my own unique style i'm going to, it's going to carry on for the rest of my career i think it just evolved over time and again a lot of what i was doing was trying to create rigs and characters that you didn't have to do much to like had the, the bare minimum of animation and facial expressions so that kind of um affected how things look um it's funny that you say that because i feel like your your characters are so expressive in their in their facial expressions <laughs> but you're right it's not like super smooth animation it's like a cut to just a, a jump to a different face i guess yeah i mean i think you can get away with just like i think trouble fantasy had basically basically two eyebrow positions like a kind of straight one and a, a curvy one and his mouth i just kept the same mouth for every every kind of emotion um and that I got away with it for the most part. And sometimes, like, if he was being sick, I would have to do a different mouth. <laughs> but um, other than that, yeah, just... You can get you can get away a lot, I think, in animation if people aren't expecting much. I think, do you know I mean, like, obviously Pixar, I couldn't get away with that. But I think right from when most of my animation starts, you realise, yeah, this is supposed to be a, kind of a bit crap and a bit old-fashioned and, like, a bit clunky. I guess so. But that's, that's, also, that's also why I love it, though, because it... it intentionally does a good job at doing that i guess um so so another thing about like schools they teach us how to jump on any project and kind of take on that style and and look and feel an animation and with you working freelance and having client work do you find that it's difficult to take on the style that they want or are you always kind of doing your own unique style and selling it to them no i mean um Luckily, any kind of job I've jumped onto, the style has um, been quite easy to emulate. It's been a nice cartoony style. Like I did a, a game um, called Super Exploding Zoo a few years ago, where the guy, um, the artist DC Turner, had done like six animals, and then I had to generate like another twelve and based on his style. And luckily, it was a nice, a really nice cartoony style. So I've never been, I've never had to ch completely change my style or, or try to match anything that's not achievable to me. Okay. That's fair. Um, how did you end up uh, the role on on Loot Rascals? How did you um, make that connection? The PC game. I'm trying to think. I can't actually remember. I think it, I think it was from Twitter. I think it was. I think um, um, there's a comedian Robert Florence, um, who's a comedian and also like a games journalist, um, with loads of um, games people following him. And I think he maybe just tweeted some comedy video and then they saw it and said look um would you like to do some artwork for for games so i think that's how that came about so again the right people seeing it at the right time gosh just another just get lucky i guess <laughs> uh was was there like a big difference on working on game art versus animated shows that that you experienced um yeah i mean the main difference was in those in those cases i wasn't kind of i wasn't steering the ship so i was just getting having tasks to do which is quite nice to not have to worry about the overall project and um and not having to do well there was voices in some of them but not having to worry about that kind of thing just generating nice little artwork and nice nice little loops that work 
Um, so like what's wh what's next for you? Where do you want to go with kind of all your skills and abilities and talents and things? Like what is your dream project to work on? Well, I mean, I think the Turbo Fantasy was the dream project of just getting to do lots of episodes of the one thing for a couple of years. So, I mean, if, I don't know if that's going to happen again. I don't know if it's going to generate enough interest to warrant more episodes, but something like that, or um, maybe a film, but might, that might not be kind of, that may be a bit too far-fetched. But, I mean, some, some, some sort of long-form thing, again, I would like to do. Yeah, the film would be a huge project, I guess. Well, I'm going to help promote Turbo Fantasy just with this podcast. So if you're listening to it, okay. you better check it out. <laughs> um, what? So you've had like a, I mean, when you talk about your career, you're like, it's great. But at the same time, like I, I don't have savings or a pension. So like, are those the major pros and cons? Like the pros being like you work on your own unique stuff and the cons being like stability. How would you change around things? or suggest to somebody who wants to get into freelance and follow kind of the path that you've taken with being extremely unique and coming across you know amazing opportunities like adventure time i mean i think i would probably recommend that you don't try and be unique and you just try and try and get work in the industry that you want to work in and then hopefully the uniqueness will come at some point i think try and get work is the basic yeah. rather than don't turn things down if you think oh that's not in my style or that that'll take time away from me working on stuff like just get kind of any animation what you can and you'll learn so much doing that and then do you know I mean you can you can be working on storyboards and stuff for your own stuff in the background and one day hopefully you'll get a chance to do it and it's all yeah. I think in these days do you mean that you can you've got the technology available to make stuff on your own you don't need a whole studio you don't need to paint cells and all that kind of stuff so it's possible yeah i mean your stuff is entirely entirely self-made and it's mm -hmm. it's funny to hear you say that too because a lot of the people that i talk to on the podcast uh dream about working on their own stuff because getting caught up in the career like salaried career or, or contract to contract career takes up a lot of your time too so uh, it's an interesting, different perspective, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I just the grass is greener. Do you know what I mean, I think you can either have a job where you're kind of depressed that you're stuck in that job and you want to do something more fun, or you can get a job that's more fun, but then you're anxious that you're not going to be able to kind of keep generating, well, keep earning money. So I think it's a choice between depression or anxiety, and at the moment I'm in anxiety. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. <laughs> Yeah, those both sound like not the greatest option. Depression or anxiety, <laughs> what would you choose? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, well, is there anything else you wanna you wanna share today with things you're working on or coming up next or anything like that? Not at the moment. I'm I'm waiting to hear back about a couple of things and um I can't announce at the moment, but um yeah, so no if you if you're in America and um you want to watch um Turbo Fantasy, it's on VRV at the moment, which I'm afraid you have to pay for to to watch but well there's that's more, all right there's, there's more there's more stuff on it i think there's, there's more real animation on it as well so <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'll make sure to include the links to everything in in the link to the description so uh well thank you so much uh davy it's been a, a pleasure to meet you and and it's it's so weird for me to like talk to people that i've been following their work for so long and and it's i don't know it's it's like refreshing and exciting for me and and you're one of those people that i i'm really happy you got back to me oh, so cool. 
Yeah, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. And if you're listening and, and want to check out Davey's work, I'm going to include the links in the description. Uh, and if you want to get in contact with him, he has his Twitter handle at, at SWATPaz. You can check out his website, which is SWATPaz.net, and his YouTube, which is not SWATPaz, it's SWAT. Swatrick pays. Swatrick Paisy, it's the spoonerism of them. Swatrick Paisy. Swatrick Paisy. So I'll include the links to all those things in the description below. And thank you for listening and have a good one. Okay, bye. Thank you.